Several years ago, I had gone to my sister's house and was having lunch with her and my nephew, uh, probably pre-K, K, somewhere in that age. His father was out of town and we got to enjoy them. And as we were eating, uh, my nephew, just surely by accident, he was not doing anything bad or being wiggly-wormy or anything, but he accidentally knocked over his glass of milk. Of course, he looked at his mother, horrified, just waiting for, you know, to be yelled at. And my sister saw it happen. She knew it was an accident. You know, she said, you know, told him, said, Nathan, that's okay, that's okay. That was an accident. Don't worry about it. You know, and he said, thank you. And then she said, go get some paper towels and wipe it up. Why? Because there's milk all over the table. Go get a paper towel and wipe it up. Well, why should I have to do it? Because you spilled it. <laughs> and they kind of went back and forth a little bit about it. And somehow, even though he was the one to knock it over, somehow he didn't think it was his responsibility to clean it up. And finally, my sister started getting to be a little bit irritated and said, I'm telling you, go get the paper towel and wipe it up now. And he just yelled out, that's not fair. I don't know what his definition of fairness is. And also, he's mighty lucky I was not his father. <laughs> when we talk about fairness, fairness is kind of loose. You know, it's kind of hard to say what's really fair. Because fairness, and what we perceive as fairness, is based on our personal perception of what is fair. You know, someone uh, in the business, you know, somebody in our office, wherever, they might be, dis people, employees start discussing how much each other makes, and some, which they should never, never do, employers go crazy when that happens, and Anyway, one of them, everybody realizes another one of them is making more than the rest. And they believe that's not fair. You know, from their point of view, it's not fair. They went to the employer with it, and he said, well, yes, it is fair. He works more than you. He does a better job than you. The employer was really kind of irritated. But you know, that sense of what is fair it's on our own perception. You know, sometimes we have to resolve a conflict. And, you know, there's no easy way to resolve it. So everybody kind of works, you know, around trying to figure out what to do. You know, that, that phrase, we're looking sort of for a win-win. And, and finally, people just say, well, I guess that's fair. We're not pleased with the results, necessarily, but we realize that's, I guess, what we're going to have to do. It's fair, I guess. You know, so we always need to remember that fairness is based on our perception of what is right, not on any real set of rules. What we should always be concerned about is not fairness, but about justice. 
And when we say justice in a religious setting, you know, we're not talking about legalese. We're not talking about what is just by law. To justice in the scriptures, justice in the mind of the church, is to be lined up with God's will. That is always the goal, to fulfill God's will. As Ezekiel writes, he's been trying to tell the people who've grown a little lax in their concern about rules, about God's commandments, uh, you know, he's saying, you know, God's going to hold you accountable. You need to pay attention to the will of God because he's going to hold you accountable. What do you mean he's going to hold us accountable? He said, well, you know, if you do something you shouldn't do, like spill your milk, you're going to have to clean it up. <laughs> you know, and they didn't like the idea that God would judge them. They thought the idea of God judging them was abhorrent. They thought it was unfair. And they had a sense, in, in some situations this image works, in this particular situation it doesn't. We have an image of the scales of justice. And when we think of our own salvation, we think in terms as, long as the good outweighs the bad, we're going to get to go to heaven. But Ezekiel's trying to say, nope, how much good we do doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. What he's trying to say is, how well we do the will of God is about our salvation. And sometimes falling in line with the will of God doesn't come until the end, toward the end of a person's life. And the thought that somebody has not lived the best of lives, or maybe they were a good person, but they really never were religious or any of that, sometimes the thought of them, if to use a phrase, a deathbed confession, and the thought they were going to go to heaven, you know, there's that piece of us that thinks, that's not fair. I've been struggling to be good all my life. You know, but we got to look at that prisoner with Jesus being put to death on the cross next to Jesus. You know, at the final hour, almost the last minute, he comes to recognize that Jesus is the Lord. And he defends Jesus to the other prisoner. And he just simply asks Jesus, Lord, would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? Well, Jesus did one better than say, I'll, I will remember you. Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Now, to be crucified, you know, petty criminals didn't get crucified. You had to have committed murder or treason or really done something bad. I mean, kind of like what we would reserve the death penalty for. So this was not you know, an innocent man on that cross. He probably was a murderer or a zealot, which was a terrorist organization. You know, remember the apostle that was a zealot? You know, they kind of picked off Roman soldiers and did all kinds of things. Well, there he is. And at the last moment, minutes before death, he's going to heaven. And there's that part of us that want to say, that's not fair. The most striking moment I've ever experienced to that end 
was I had gone to the prison one night when they were going to execute a prisoner, and I was outside with the anti-capital punishment people. Uh, I was being very quiet, closed mouth. You know, I wasn't out there with all the signs screaming and yelling. I was just present. And the radio was sort of giving a, if you will, a play-by-play of the execution. You know, the prisoners left the cell. They've taken him to this point. They've put a hood over his head. They've done this. They've done that. He was electrocuted. And the, the people that were not necessarily just pro-death penalty, but members of the victim's family, this guy committed murder, uh, members of the victim's family were beside us. I didn't know they were members of the family. But then someone said, well, the priest had just left the cell. And the priest was one of our priests. And said he probably went to confession. And there was a woman that said, confession? Well, Catholics believe you go to confession, your sins are forgiven, you can go to heaven. And I said, of course, I had my collar on. <laughs> said, uh, yes, ma'am, that's true. You mean he killed my relative? I forget what the relation. He killed so-and-so, and he might get to go to heaven. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, if he repented. That's not fair. If that man goes to heaven, I'd rather be in hell. We get the anger. Mike kills one of our relatives. We understand the anger. We understand the anger that would produce a statement like that. But that's hard for us to get it into our heads. The goal of all of our lives is to line ourselves up with the will of God. You know, and in the final analysis, who does the will of God? You know, Ezekiel is talking about someone who's virtuous, but then at the end commits an iniquity, dies. That's on him. He's died because of that iniquity. Now, an iniquity is not saying a bad word. Iniquity is doing something really bad that isn't part of the will of God. And then he says, but if the other person turns from wickedness and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. And people were saying the Lord's way is not fair. And Ezekiel's saying, well, you know, Thank goodness you're not the Lord. (laughs) We hear about the two sons in the gospel. Now, for those who are listening to this, there's been kind of a debate going on between Jesus, the elders, chief priest. And in their world, when we have a debate, we make statement, counterstatement, counterstatement. You know, we, we go back and forth with our statements until we get to a point that somebody has said the best thing. But they didn't debate that way. They debated through questions. And they would keep asking questions till they sort of got you trapped in the unanswerable question. And that's what's going on here. You know, what is your opinion? Now, in the mind of the people hearing this story, son, go out and work in the vineyard today, and the son replied, I will not the crowd would have regarded that as a horrible sin, you know, to embarrass his father, you know, to talk back to his father like that, you know. And, you know, we talk about talking back to our parents, but in those days, for a son to do that, 
the son could be exiled or even executed for that level of disrespect. So the crowd is not thinking well of this son at all. And then there's the other son who shows his father respect. Yes, sir, I'll go work in the vineyard. But then he doesn't. And then Jesus says, which one really did the will of God? It, they would have had to grind their teeth to say the first one. Because of that disrespect, he showed the father. But in the final analysis, as Ezekiel said, he changed his mind. He changed his mind to do the will of the father. And that's what justice is. To line ourselves up with God. The scales, occasionally, you know, in our image and all that, they do work. I mean, we're lined up with God and our good does out, you know, way better than our bad. But, you know, we have spent our life trying to be lined up with God, so the scales image works there. But bottom line, you know, it's have we lived our lives trying always to do God's will and not necessarily worrying about what's fair.